Hello and welcome to the Benzo Rehab Dungeon episode 53. It is August 13th, 2021. I am your host, Michael Deebs. Uh, not joining me, as never, is uh, not Danko Sufin from the Instagram handle at DankTheLuz. Uh, he is uh, dead, I think. Yes. Or dead no. to me, I don't know, but we'll we'll figure that out later. No, he's actually uh, he's going on a on a different podcast this evening. Um, since they have a much larger group over there, I uh, I said it would be okay for him to uh, not make them all reschedule on our account, and um, he would uh, he would be able to record that episode with them. Uh, and he's going to be on bringing down the grindhouse uh, podcast, which I posted in the Instagram story earlier today. Uh, if you want to follow them, uh, their Instagram handle is at BDTGH underscore podcast on Instagram. Uh, joining me today, though, uh, actually joining me today is uh, John, John, the producer from the Instagram handle at Discopathic, which I believe is still just an empty Instagram account. Um, yes. No. Well, just going to keep pointing that out every time we have this conversation. Yeah, it uh, it works little by little to get me to think about doing something. Yeah, yeah. Eventually, one day. Um. Now, John, I I know that it's just going to be you and I tonight, and HR once told us that we should probably never be in the same room alone together. So, if at any point you feel uncomfortable, you can feel uh, free to quit. Uh, I thought that I wasn't allowed to quit because I've tried multiple times. But... I'm using duplicitous language here. Um, oh, okay. You're, you're not allowed to quit. You're also not hired. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I don't care if you feel uncomfortable. The HR lady doesn't tell me what to do. All right. Her, her job is literally treating humans as resources, and I'm supposed to listen to what she says? I don't think so. Okay. Yeah. I'm I mean, making a, made- I'm making a stand here for yeah. for all the men who have been wrongfully <laughs> <laughs> oh, Don't actually mean that. Don't actually mean that. Uh, uh but no, you you are joining me this evening. How how have how have you been? How have you been? Oh, uh, good. Good, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm uh I wish I was talking about witches instead of uh, the news. Well, I, we we are actually uh, planning on having a guest on sometime mid to late September, I believe. Um, oh, who, really? who actually uh, her undergrad thesis was something about witches. I, I forget exactly what she told me it was. Um, so I feel bad if she's listening right now, but uh, she should be happy that I remembered the conversation because. Uh, that's that's also not true actually i i should remember conversations i have with people um and they should not feel grateful that i that i give them that uh that bare minimum respect this is going to be a very introspective episode yeah yeah 
Marty. Yeah. It's really, really peel back the layers of my psyche and, and get to some deep seated issues I have with, uh, boundaries and, uh, also treating people like, uh, like they deserve to be treated. Um, speaking of treating people like they deserve to be treated, we're, we're going to start this episode off. The, uh, the, the majority of the episode is going to be spent, hopefully, on uh, talking about uh, capitalism uh, in the context of climate change and how capitalism is uh, woefully uh, inadequate for um, challenging uh, climate change, uh, fixing climate change, reducing emissions, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but first, we're going to start off with this this lovely piece uh, uh, by uh, Cory Booker, uh, and I'm calling this a piece because it's it's got to be performance art. <laughs> um, <laughs> so uh, it, some some of the listeners may remember uh, that all of uh, 2020 there were some some massive uh, protests and riots uh, demanding that the police be uh, defunded. Uh, many people calling for their uh, total uh, abolishment. Um, I'm I'm in the abolishment camp, but uh, you know, the the general uh, cry was at the very least to uh, stop giving these assholes a bunch of money. Um, and uh, Senator uh, Tommy Tuberville, uh, I believe he's from Alabama. Um, if uh, Cory Booker will uh, say it in here somewhere. Um, but anyways, uh, he he uh, he proposed an amendment uh, to. Uh, one of the bills that's passing through the Senate, uh, I think it's the the reconciliation bill or something like that. Uh, basically, saying if a lo- local area, a locality, a municipality, whatever you want to call it, uh, yeah. does anything to defund the police, uh, that the federal government will have the right to uh, stop all funding uh, on from the federal level uh, to that locality. Um, You'll you'll be happy to know that uh, the the vote for this amendment passed uh, ninety nine to zero, um, meaning every single Democrat voted in favor of this amendment, uh, which is yeah. <laughs> which is in uh, this is this is on the Senate level, uh, mind you. Like the only like real real progressives that we have, um, and I think since it was ninety nine to zero, I think Bernie Sanders is like the only one that uh, didn't vote on it. But he didn't vote no on it, uh, which I may be misremembering that factoid. This may be something that I'm just mythologizing. Um, So if that's not the case, uh, someone can feel free to correct me. But my understanding is that uh, every senator, every Democratic senator, um, Bernie Sanders is, of course, an independent. Technically, Uh, he just caucuses with the the Democrats. Uh, Every Democratic senator voted yes on this amendment. Um, Anyways. This is uh, this is Cory Booker's response to uh, the proposition of this amendment, and um, like I said, it's it's a beautiful piece of performance art. You can feel free to pause it at any moment in time if you want to give uh, maybe some critiques of his performance. <laughs> what if it's good though? Like, what if it brings me to tears? It's not. I <laughs> promise you that much. <laughs> I am so excited. Oh, this is. Oh, already. I, (laughs) yeah, I thought I was, I thought I, I literally thought this would like cut into a key and peel sketch. It it does. It does kind of sound like, uh, I I always get them. So Jordan Peele is the, the one that does the directing now, right? 
Yes. So. And Kegel, whatever. Kegel. <laughs> Keegan Michael Key or whatever. Yeah, yeah. That 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 rings true in my head. <laughs> yeah. It sounds it sounds like uh, it sounds like Key though, right? Yeah. 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 But and doesn't it doesn't doesn't he kind of look like him too? I mean, they're he both kinda, bald, uh, half black men, right? Yeah, he kind of looks like Obama's anger translator. Yep, exactly. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Terrifying. Perhaps the highlight of this long and painful and torturous night. This is again, if it wasn't complete abdication of Senate procedures and and, and esteem, I would walk over there and hug my colleague from. Alabama. Alabama. And I will tell you right now, thank God, because there's some people who have said that they're members of this deliberative body that wanted to fund the police, to my horror. And now this senator has given us the gift that finally, once and for all, we can put to bed this scurrilous accusation of somebody in this great esteemed body. Can you pause it, please? They wanted to fund the police. The way he's talking, you'd think he was like a Southern white <laughs> senator. <laughs> I say we must put to bed these scurrilous accusations. <laughs> like, and then and then just like to my horror, and he you know puts a hand on the head and looks around like. <laughs> so like all of the uh, all of the uh, Booker's like fucking energetic, you know, fucking uh, aggressive like uh, speeches, speeches, and like you know performative confrontation well no like definitely performative confrontation he, he's a he's because a like, real diva he's a real yeah. like actor's actor yeah <laughs> i bet he i, I bet he i bet he uh what he, he wants uh, actually he did run for president right uh yes yeah oh, okay. very yeah, very brief gonna... and uh short-lived run but yeah but you know you need it he that's why he's turning on the fucking like weird southern yeah Michael Key playing fucking a white Baptist preacher, <laughs> like performance. But like and like, but so now he's like simping to Republicans. Literally simping. Um, it doesn't yeah. show it in this video. Uh, it was hard for me to find like a complete video of the whole exchange. But at the end of the speech, uh, even though at the beginning he claims it would be an abdication of the Senate procedures. Uh, he does actually, in fact, walk over to Tommy Tuberville and hug him. Um, so we, we still have a little bit more to go of uh, this this wonderful performance piece by uh, Cory Booker. So let all of us, a hundred people, not walk, but sashay down there and vote for this amendment and put to rest what the fuck the lies. I am sure I will see no political ads attacking anybody here over to fund the police. And I would ask unanimous consent to add something else to this obvious bill. Can we add also that every senator here wants to defund the police, believes in God, country, and <clears throat> apple pie? Thank you. What the fuck is going on? I don't know, man. Like the uh, the adrenochrome must have hit super hard that day. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> like like uh i don't know like like uh like uh like what 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 is that uh what is that uh that weird threshold uh like the uncanny valley uh, yeah the uncanny valley you know like his acting is hitting an uncanny valley where like like it's almost like i 
I feel a little gaslit. Like, I feel like, do I have an empathy disorder? Well, no, you, know, you, you should like, feel, like, you should feel a little gaslit because Cory Booker, yeah. uh, you know, kind of scored some political points by, uh, by earlier claims that the, the police should be defunded in some way or funds yeah. reallocated. So him, him putting on this performance and telling you oh, it's, it's outrageous that anyone believes that the police should be defunded. Well, I mean, I don't think he was ever genuine in, in his statements, but you know, he at one point said the police should be defunded. So, um, he's, he's part of that scurrilous accusation that, uh, that is actually accurate and true. And, yeah. you know, if he, uh, if he was a more honest person, he would stick to that. Uh, but it, you know, it's, it's just the, him calling to defund the police was just as much political theater as this right here. Right. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm going to start this off with a fun clip because uh, you know, the rest of this is just going to be a, a fucking slog. <laughs> of just like, yeah, no, we, we get to laugh at the ridiculousness of uh, Cory Booker, uh, which uh, I don't know, maybe, he, maybe he's just like black, black uh, male <laughs> Hillary Clinton, you know? Like, there's just like... like we already had that with Obama. <laughs> <laughs> Well, but uh, but but uh, was 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 Obama an actual like robot or and or lizard person? Mm. I don't know, man. You see all that but stuff about guy, his about his fucking birthday party? People, huh? You see all that shit about his birthday party? No, no, I, yeah. I did not. The the height of the uh, Delta fucking I got a fly coming around me over here. Uh, the height of the uh, you know uh, Delta variant like spread uh he decides to host like a massive party on uh martha's vineyard uh so yeah it's super cool man it's just you know like it's uh, just what the rich fucking people do now and and like the the guest list was just like shit tons of billionaires of course because they all just like rub their dicks together and some some of them may have vaginas i don't know you know like the the like like uh, the fantasy of like, I don't know, being able to fulfill my any material desire or whatever. Like, I don't have much ambition about other than living a generally good life. Yeah. But if I did like have as much money as Obama, if I won the lottery, I can't imagine like what would like go through my like brain to like be like, oh, I'm going to have my birthday at Martha's Vineyard. Yeah. Or if somebody even suggested that to me, I would tell them to get out, you know? Yeah, like I just like, I just wanna have some drinks and like go to bed and you know. <laughs> yeah, you know. Like I could do something so much better than Martha's Vineyard. Like it's like it's weird and gross. <clears throat> what if it's your birthday and Jeff Bezos is like, dude, you wanna go to space with me? I I don't think that I could be in the same room as Jeff Bezos. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I could do. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I would tell him no. I don't want to go to space. Space no. uh space bothers me. Uh yeah, let's... No, I don't I, not unless I absolutely have to. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. What is there any more to this? Um, uh, I don't think so. Let's go ahead and play a little bit more. I think I think he just kinda takes off the mic here and then he walks over to uh Tuberville and it cuts, it, it cuts before he actually, like, gives the hug, but... Yeah, he's going to publicly fillet uh, a Republican senator mm-hmm. to, so people will give him money. 
Look, even, even the fucking Senate president's like, what a fucking it. clown. Ashley <laughs> <laughs> H. Nice. Is there a sufficient second? There appears to be. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We're, we're, do- we're done with this. We're done with this. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I, I read a fair bit of the IPCC uh, report on climate change to the UN. Um, is it worth reading? No, in my opinion, uh, not, not for anybody who already like understands the, the climate crisis is here. Um, I don't, I don't think it's, it's not going to tell you anything new. Um, it's just validating your fears, I guess, which sure. But you know, like, like I said, if, if you already have like the concern that, uh, our planet is slowly turning into a oven, that's going to cook the life out of us. Um, you're, you're, you're already on the right track. Uh, the timeline, uh, for when the planet turns into an oven that cooks us is, a uh, a bit faster than anticipated. I think in a lot of cases, um, and I mean, it, it makes a very clear uh, case. And w- what's funny about it is because, you know, 195 countries have to sign off on this report for it to like even be like something that's, you know, presented to the UN in this way. Yeah. Um, so the, I'm guessing academics from across the world. Academics <laughs> from across the world, a lot of compiled evidence and stuff like that. The the technical, yeah. like there's, there's two, there's a couple of reports, right? Um, when you, when you go to like the, the IPCC's uh, webpage, um, you can read the summary, which if you're going to read it at all, I recommend you just read the summary uh, for policymakers. Then there's the, uh, the technical summary, which is like getting into like a bunch of like fucking math and charts and, you know stuff stuff that uh like isn't really gonna matter to you uh the summary is more important um and then i think there's like a third report that's just like all the raw fucking data like (laughs) who the fuck wants to go through that right (laughs) um (laughs) i believe data science is fake anyways but uh who am i you, you're right. I, I should get a second job as some type of fucking scientific data analyst. There you go. Yeah, it'd yeah, be great. But I, I've not been proactive enough in my uh, mm-hmm. in my job here. Well, that's uh, one of the f- the major failings of this generation is not uh, not <laughs> not having enough uh, hustle culture. I believe is what they call it. Um, uh, so if we want to. Uh, First, get rid of that uh, advertisement for oh, um, yeah. <laughs> subscribe to a news site. No, thanks. <laughs> uh, we can scroll down a little bit. Got some good uh, imagery. <clears throat> uh, so, yeah, the, the report basically confirms um, climate change is being driven a lot by human factors. Um, a long time ago, I heard a really good explanation for why climate change is driven by human factors, despite, you know, like, of course the planet has like a massive carbon output output. Right. Um, but there's the carbon exchange, which is the, the, the planet doesn't typically put out more carbon than it can absorb through, you know, plant matter and whatnot, and then turn into oxygen. 
Uh, so, you know, the explanation that I heard uh, a long time ago that kind of made sense and kind of like made me realize like, oh, OK, so this is how the argument is kind of made that uh, climate change is caused by humans. Um, let's say you have a, I don't know, 500 gallon pool, right? And this pool has a circulation system and every day one gallon uh goes into the pool, but one gallon also gets cycled out of the pool. Um, that's like the normal carbon exchange. One gallon yeah. goes in, one gallon goes out. It keeps itself at the same level. Uh, the pool, you know, let's say that, you know, you, you keep 500 gallons in this pool. Let's say it has a capacity of 505 gallons. Well, let's say, um, you know, you have this normal carbon exchange and then you decide every day to take a thimble of water and pour it on top. And that thimble of water, you know, doesn't really mean a lot in the short term. It'll it'll affect things here and there. Uh, the the overall water level is going to rise because you're you're no longer a gallon in, a gallon out. You're a gallon and a thimble in, and a gallon out. And it keeps continuing this way. And every day you keep adding another thimble. Well, over a certain period of time, you've you've now exceeded the capacity of this pool, so to speak. And that's what the human kind of addition to the carbon exchange is. Um, the report basically confirms that, yes, over, you know, the last 100 or so years, um, human carbon output has started drastically affecting the climate. Uh, you know, there's, there's a couple of, uh, you know, <clears throat> a couple of processes, uh, especially in the ocean, uh, with like how currents and, uh, and some, some, uh, that's what I'm looking for. Some like jet streams and, and sort of stuff work that normally like are able to cool themselves off. And yeah. basically what's happening as a result of our climate change is that these jet streams are now turning into uh, like a, uh, a feedback loop where they get hot, they stay hot and they come back around. And then you've got hot climate returning to this area and then you add more hot to it. And so it's just, you know, continually getting hotter and hotter yeah. because of that. Yeah. Um. It, uh, it goes into the impacts of what uh, what will happen with climate change, which is, you know, um, a lot of people don't recognize this, but we are technically still in an ice age. And it is a benefit to human life to remain in this ice age in some way. Uh, the, the, like, actual technical term for it is interglacial period, uh, because... Yes, some people are right that over long periods of time, uh, you know, glaciers will evaporate eventually, the, the earth will warm up. But we're talking about like the difference between 100,000 years and like, oh shit, we accident accidentally did it over the course of like 200 years. Um, yeah, well, I mean, <laughs> yeah, like, and is it, would it even be uh, 100,000 years uh, uh, without uh, like the level of uh, human impact? Like the the sun's not going to be like dangerous to to uh, life. Or... No, no, no. A hundred thousand years is just kind of like the the thing I threw out there. Um, oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah, but yeah, no. It would it would we, we would be in this interglacial period for a very very long time if there was no human interference. 
Um, and basically what we've done is through all of our industry and our output, we have accelerated this process to such a point that it's now turning into like a violent feedback loop that we're, and, and I, and I mean violent very literally because we're seeing, you know, uh, massive, you know, once in a hundred years sort of weather events on, on like a monthly or even oh, yeah. weekly basis sometimes. Um, yeah. so yeah, it's, 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 and, and I wish, I wish Dorian was here to make this a little bit because this, this actually like directly feeds into like accelerationist theory. Uh, not that we're pro accelerationist, but just that, you know, these, these are feedback yeah. loops of action that keep feeding into each other and uh creating a a a hellscape uh literally because everything's (laughs) fucking on fire oh yeah yeah so that's kind of the uh the the major rundown of the ipcc report you know you can get into like and, and i think you know the messaging of this kind of thing is is kind of bad sometimes when it comes from the science community because it's like we've reached 1.5 celsius uh degrees of change and it's like nobody fucking knows what that means <laughs> uh, yeah. nobody and nobody cares no like especially in america we don't even use the celsius system really so oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> but and also like sometimes like the, these people aren't like great at communicating uh, no, they, they aren't. Yeah. They aren't. Yeah. And and part of the problem is, and this is something that, you know, I have as a critique of the paper, and this is understanding that, you know, this this paper has to be approved by however many countries in order to, like, be affirmed uh, as, as, like, part of the UN's, like, general knowledge, I guess. Um, yeah. The UN's fucking fake as shit, so let's just go ahead and throw that in there. <laughs> the UN doesn't do anything useful most of the time. Um, yeah, no, they, like, like, it's like, oh man, this report is terrible. Nobody's ever going to do anything about it. Uh, so, you know, there's a lot of uh, a lot of verbiage in there that's like, it is virtually certain that mankind has been a driving factor in climate change. And it's like, can't you just say they did it? Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it is known, but, but since it has to go through like so many countries and, you know, certain ones that may have uh, a bigger pull than they should, uh, like the U S uh, get to dictate a lot of terminology uh, just through like sheer dollar amount uh, funding or whatever. Um, yeah, there's there's a lot of terminology like it is virtually certain or it is uh, like I think near irrefutable is one of them or something like that. But yeah, there's just a couple of terms in there that just made me like kind of like go, oh, God damn it. Why can't we just say <laughs> we know it to be true? <laughs> um so let's go ahead and go to the next link. Um, sometimes I just have links in here, so I remind myself what I wanted to talk about. Uh, so yeah, um, you would think that the Democratic Party, the uh, the major uh, uh, progressive party of the United States of America, uh, would would maybe acknowledge this report and do something substantial about it. Um, but unfortunately a a bunch of key and and this is you know part of the the wonderful thing about how the filibuster really works 
is uh, <laughs> and nothing nothing can ever possibly get done yeah no, nothing can ever possibly get done unless it's uh a couple of democratic senators siding with the republican side in order to pass a fracking bill that uh allows more fracking well yeah. The, the interesting well, thing about this bill is that it's 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 not necessarily allowing more fracking so much as it is uh, banning the ability to ban fracking. <laughs> yeah. Which, like, <laughs> that's, that's just more fracking with extra steps. <laughs> yeah. This is going to be a side note. Um, I uh, wanted a little pep in my steps, so I, I. I went to the store and I and I wanted to get a, a kiwi apple Red Bull. Those are pretty good, pretty delicious. Uh, but all they had was the uh, the tropical uh, flavor, and I gotta say this is this is dog shit. Yeah, it sounds like dog shit. It, it's horrible. The vodka was the only saving grace of this drink. <laughs> uh, vodka always makes it better. Yeah. Yeah. Soda water, <laughs> gross. Yeah, with vodka in it, tolerable. <laughs> Way better. Um, <laughs> so, on top of that, uh, if we could go to the next link. Uh, so, it, this this headline uh, says uh, uh, U.S. calls on OPEC and its allies to pump more oil. Uh, in reality, it was actually Joe Biden himself basically pleading with uh, the international oil community to to uh, to make more oil happen um, because gas prices. I don't know if you've noticed are uh, spiking upwards pretty significantly. Um, there's a lot of supply line issues with everything in general, uh, but uh, gas is one of the uh, the more harder hit industries right now, or oil is the more harder hit industry right now. Um, and so uh, prices on gas have been rising a, a shit ton. Uh, where where I'm at right now in California, San Diego area, uh, it's a uh, four fifty a gallon. That that's a, like a cheap place is four fifty a gallon. Um, so Biden recognizing that, uh, people need gas has, uh, decided to call on the international oil community to, uh, pump more oil, uh, which obviously flies directly in the, and this, this happens after the IPCC report, mind you, um, and in, in which it's made very clear to the United Nations, basically as much as we can interpret it, the entire world, yeah. The entire world that like actually makes decisions for the world, I guess, um, that we need to drastically change the way that we do business, the way that we have structured our society. Uh, and Biden's next move is, well, we need more gas uh, because um, <laughs> the gas prices are really going to kill me in, in the polls and it's really going to hurt us in the midterm sort of stuff. Yeah, because presidents, because you're less likely to uh, win an election as president if gas prices are high, which is which is sadly true. Yeah, and you know the the reason that this is is because you know, like I said, uh, gas around my area is four fifty a gallon right now, and as somebody who has to commute quite a ways, um, that that you know, ultimate like. I'm not the kind of person who's going to bitch about this and be like, God damn it. God damn Joe Biden raising the gas prices or anything like that. Um, because I don't really, uh, 
consider that like a problem. Like I, I want gas to be like prohibitively expensive and just see like uh, how society reacts to that. Like when people have to start, like, they're not calling out sick. They're like calling out of gas. That'd be hilarious <laughs> to me. And yeah. I would, and it would just be like funny to see how like the, uh, the structure of like capitalism just collapses because it no longer has like, <laughs> <laughs> it can no longer burn oil the same way it used to. Yeah. yeah no, that, that, that are the, that are the, the, the rich and powerful are going to have to share the resources. Yeah. That would suck. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Biden, uh, calling on OPEC to, uh, make more oil. Uh, and, and the reason is, and I, and I kind of alluded to this earlier, uh, lots of people have to commute. Uh, so if we could look at the next link. So the, uh, census bureau estimate, uh, estimates show average one way travel time to work rises to an all time high. The average commute of every American is, uh, 27.6 minutes now wow that is right on what my commute is hey i was gonna say it's a little bit short for me so i guess i'm on the higher end of this uh, i'm about at like 35 minutes now and yeah. part of the reason uh that that i that i commute 30 minutes i i used to have a a 12 minute commute which was pretty nice um I actually, there, there was one point in my life that I worked adjacent to my workplace and literally like I had to show up to work at like 9 a.m. and I would wake up at uh, 8.50 and uh, just kind of oh, like man. saunter over there, hung over and, and whatever. <laughs> um, that, was, that was actually my, my, first, uh, my first job uh, as like a construction slash maintenance worker was... Uh, was this job where I, I worked right next to the apartment complex that I was doing maintenance for. Um, but I, I, I thought that was, you know, I always thought that that was like the ideal situation because like I didn't have to do anything. I didn't have to like prep a whole lot. I would just wake up, walk over there and uh, do my work day and then walk home. Um, sorry, I got to pour myself another drink. Normally, I would do this when Danko would be rambling or something. But... <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, so let's go ahead and go to the next link. Uh, because the reason that I, I believe people are uh, having to commute more is uh, because they've been priced out of all the housing in the major economic areas in which they work. Oh yeah, if I if I didn't take the toll road, it would take me like, uh, like forty eight minutes. Uh, oh yeah, for sure. Like an hour and an hour and a half to get back home. Yeah, and and the reason you don't live next to your work, if if I may be so bold as to make a guess, is because the area you work in is prohibitively expensive to live in. Yeah. Uh. Well, to well to actually live close to my work. Like I would have to live. In, well, that's like, what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Because like I like my home office is in a is in a richer part of a suburb of Austin that I live in the one sweet spot in between uh, a larger city and a smaller city that I can afford, like on like a boundary. Yep. Uh, but if I wanted to live in uh, somewhere affordable, closer to where I work, I'd have to like go out into like some country backwoods boonies. 
Yeah, Which I guess I could, but I don't want to. So. <laughs> well, no, no, and that's fair. Um, you know, <laughs> I, I could I could live in a dirt hut, uh, you know, off the side of the freeway if I really wanted to, <laughs> and that would cost me essentially nothing until I got caught, I guess. But yeah, um, yeah. So you know these these economic centers where people have to work, and especially you know like. Yeah, you can get a minimum wage job in any kind of town you're work or living in. Uh, but we'll we'll see how that's uh, problematic after we get through this article and kind of a point that it makes. Um But uh so so this article is uh, the problem with the, the BlackRock buying houses meme. Uh it's written by David Dan, who's a, a really good journalist. I, I recommend um, you know, if you like reading news. And you're sick in the head like me. Uh, the American Prospect. It's uh, prospect.org. They do really good reporting. It's uh, definitely from like a leftist perspective. Um, or maybe not even like leftist, but like uh, kind of socialist bent, I would say. Um, really good reporting. Uh, but anyways, uh, David Dan's been reporting on housing uh pretty extensively since 2012 which he goes into in this article and the long story short of this article is that it's not just that blackrock is buying a bunch of houses and that's what like is killing the housing market right now what's what's really killing the housing market is that there's been no development of like actual affordable housing that's been done in a long time um it's all been a bunch of housing that ends up getting priced way out of range of anybody who's working, you know, like a minimum or, or like slightly above minimum wage job. Um, and we can go to the next link, uh, to talk about that. Um, so how many minimum wage jobs does it take to pay Bay area rent? Uh, if we go down, I, I think it's like four minimum wage jobs full-time uh, that you have to work um yeah it takes the equivalent of more than four full-time minimum wage jobs for a worker in san jose or san francisco to oh, afford shit. a two-bedroom apartment and still have money left over for food health care and transportation um so like the bare minimum like you're you're not uh you're not going out for drinks or anything like that you're uh you're living and uh probably paying the medical bills that come along with working for full-time jobs at minimum wage. <laughs> <laughs> so, and, and, and you know, they probably have, they probably have strict tenant, uh, number, uh, uh, laws too, I bet. Oh yeah. Without a doubt. And, and, you know, yeah. uh, I, I know people who live in the Bay area and you know, the, the joke is like, Oh, Hey, we, we have this slightly renovated basement, uh, for, you know, five thousand dollars a month <laughs> and and it's very similar to to new york which new york has like closet spaces turned into like walk-in closet size fucking uh uh apartments that are like i don't know three grand a month or some shit like that um oh shit but uh if we go down a little bit more um i believe the there's there's more data it's something like there's there's no place in america um that you can effectively afford a two-bedroom apartment at minimum wage uh, most places require you to at least work two full-time minimum wage jobs in order to uh 
in order to pay for a two bedroom apartment and why and why a two bedroom apartment is used as like kind of like the um the standard is because you know you've you got a lot of single parents or just like the ability to like you know i i have a two bedroom apartment i'm fortunate enough to make quite a bit more than minimum wage uh, but if I didn't have a two bedroom apartment, this would be a fucking nightmare for me because I would have nowhere to do like any of the work that I do, um, any of the hobbies that I, that I have, you know, this podcast. So, you know, this, this, this room that I'm in right now is, is the second bedroom and it's my studio where I have, you know, all my like artistic shit kind of stuffed in any which way that I can, um, and, and I know that like behind me, it just kind of looks like a barren, uh, uh shithole but that's that's a different story um <laughs> so yeah so you know most most of these economic centers especially you know you, you have to imagine that in san francisco in san jose uh you've got a bunch of minimum wage jobs that are that are worked there um you know you, you've got your your retail clerks, your uh, fast food workers, whatever. Um, whatever, yeah. Whatever these rich people need to get their fucking niceties. Right. I mean, they're 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 you know. Well, all of us get our get our fucking things that we want. Of course. Right. And and uh, these people working these jobs have to live outside the city because they can't live inside the city that they work in. And even in my case, where you know I'm I'm making quite a bit more than minimum wage. In order to live in the city I work in, I would have to make like, I don't know, 10 grand more a year. Um, and I don't have like a bad job by any means. I mean, it, it like sucks and I hate it, but <laughs> all things considered, it's it's supposedly like a good, desirable job where I'm making a pretty decent uh, amount of money. But I, I couldn't live in the city that I work in. And and this is something that, you know, I've talked with uh, a about with with other uh, uh managers uh that that work in in the uh, the area I work in um all of them are like yeah no I I live out in you know bumfuck nowhere because it's impossible to live in this city and you know, these are these are people that make substantially more than me I'm like oh okay so it's not just me it's just the the problem here and and so you know the point I'm making here is that uh <laughs> we have to keep having to have gas uh, because people need to make it to their jobs in order to live, uh, which is which is part of how capitalism works. Is you got to work, um, and the other way that capitalism works is also you you get priced out of the housing market, so you have to live far away, and that that means you have a longer commute, and that you know drives that necessity for gas. And so, you know, Biden can't say, all right, let's stop all gas production because uh, that would yeah. that would destroy people's uh, livelihoods. And since we have this deep, deep aversion to uh, realizing that money is fake and we can just give it to whoever we want, um, which which happens regularly, by the way, uh, <laughs> if, if you're a bank, you get free money all the time. Uh, but if you're a worker, then uh, free free money is very hard to come by. And and in fact, over this you know last year, where people were getting somewhat extended uh, uh, unemployment benefits, uh, there's been a major backlash against that, uh, especially in conservative circles. Where it's like, well, who who 
especially you know people like fucking Hannity or Tucker Carlson or oh whoever God. just being like who's who's paying for all this free money and it's like dude the, the money is fake so nobody's paying for it because it, uh, <laughs> it's not real <laughs> <laughs> um oh so my God. their 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 outrage is just like i don't know like uh it's it's so performative and like yeah it's it's clearly forced and anybody and you know it's it's funny because like if you if i think hannity get, actually gets mad some sometimes no so. no i i do think hannity is genuine in like how shitty he is yeah uh, tucker carlson is obviously just like in it for making money off of like a persona yeah um, i think i think tucker carlson is the kind of person that could wear any face this face is just set you know yeah no he he actually yeah. uh, if memory serves he he actually had like some pretty progressive views like early on in his uh career well, as like a talking I mean, head like so did bill o'reilly like yeah and and then once they realized oh i can make a one point in 1992 or something stupid yeah and and then once they realized that oh hey i can make a shit ton of money off of saying uh black people are bad and uh wink wink uh, (laughs) um and well not not black people are bad but there's some problems in the black community wink wink um yeah suddenly their books are written at a sixth grade level mm mm-hmm did, you, did yeah. you ever read those uh those uh not to bring up the marine corps again but those books that they had in the in the duty hut those like fucking like right-wing fucking conservative books no i i think i always had a good sense about that um yeah I, yeah the the only books i remember reading in that duty hut were uh the red badge of honor war war, war is a racket was in there for a while <laughs> which <laughs> is yeah. funny as fuck to yeah. me <laughs> yeah until it got taken off the list yeah. yeah until it got taken off of the commandant's reading list uh, wonder yeah. why um <laughs> yeah no i i never read those like far right-wing books and then one time when i got like desperate for reading material there was a uh, warhammer 40k book in there that i read instead of like <laughs> but, like hidden away in a corner yeah I, I would rather read about uh, the grim darkness of the future where everything is war than read some bullshit like conservative uh propaganda um, oh yeah I, I i read it uh i don't know because i hate myself i guess to like learn no no I, and and i'm not okay. saying that you have a moral failing for that uh i <laughs> primarily read no, I things i, I hate <laughs> I, I i i i don't suggest it because like uh i i think I can't remember Ann Coulter's books because they were oh, the most Jesus Christ. But like Bill O'Reilly's were like, you know, they were like easily digestible. And like, I wouldn't call him like an extreme right winger. He had some like some kind of slightly progressive views. Uh, and then like, and then suddenly, you know, like in like 1999, 2000 uh, or 2002, 2003, something like that, somewhere around the Iraq war, he just like, went off the deep end and like the the reading level just like starkly like i finished one book opened the other one and now it's like <laughs> written at a much lower reading level it's like and it's it like go like dog shocked. go <laughs> c spot <laughs> c spot run like you know, like like a percy jackson novel you know what i mean i i never read those well did you did you watch did you read young adult fiction i like books for middle school kids I really, I really did not, honestly. Oh, I read a lot. I read a shit ton when I was a kid. So maybe, maybe, uh, 
it's hard to imagine. Yeah, I... I never read a lot of fiction as a kid, actually. I like, read, I, yeah, I read a lot of I, I read a lot of fiction news. I was I just read a lot when I was a kid. Like the only like real young adult stuff that I can remember reading was The Lord of the Rings, which I read several times. But yeah, I was never. I I hated Harry Potter and still refuse to uh, engage with it to this day. And you know what? <laughs> Uh, given how J.K. Rowling turned out, I think I, uh, I think I made the right choice. Yeah, man, it's I, I almost <laughs> wish that uh, I could like a like a protest, not read it, <laughs> just, for, just, just for some cred, <laughs> just for some street cred. Yeah, yeah just for some cred. Um, like, let's go ahead and go to the next link because you know we we've been dogging on the uh, the Democrats for a little bit. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, your governor. <laughs> uh, yeah. Oh. Oh, oh wait. Gross. No. 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 Sorry. This is uh. This is oh. more housing stuff. Uh. Okay. Oh, more I, I thought. Stuff. I thought that was. Uh. I thought that that was Abbott. Uh. That I was seeing oh. in, in the. But oh, anyways, wow. uh, Governor Abbott. Uh, your governor. I guess I didn't yeah. throw this link in. Um. Uh, decided that uh, not only would he just ignore the uh, findings of the IPCC report, but he would uh, get mad at Joe Biden for trying to outsource oil when uh, hardworking Texans are. I, I think I just didn't put the link in. Don't, don't oh, okay, try to cool. search for it. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the, but uh, he's mad that uh, hardworking Texans aren't being put on the job because there's plenty of oil to drill in Texas. Um, yeah. yeah. So not not only completely missing the point of the uh, the report, but also just, you know, actively ignoring it and uh, persisting in uh, trying to compete for oil production. Um, so, you know, yeah. Yeah. Democrats are just going to ignore it and do bad shit. But. Republicans are really going to ignore it and really do bad shit. <laughs> what, a, what a wonderful uh, two-party system we've got here. <laughs> so glad. So, you know, one of the uh, uh, major things I've seen on this is, uh, of course, the, the liberal uh, reaction to this is, we need more renewables. Um. And you know they're they're not entirely wrong, uh, but yeah. I would I would caution about some forms of renewables, uh, which is this next link that we have. Um, actually, just just go to the one after that. It's it's more comprehensive, I think. Uh, and scroll down a little bit. Um, oh man, it's, it's making you. Uh, all right. Oh, well, if it's cool. going to try to make you sign up for shit, I'll just summarize it. There was a uh, a Tesla like massive, uh, what, what do they call it? Um, Tesla Mega Pack, uh, which is like a uh, a big uh, utility battery, basically. So you know, it stores energy and. Uh, I, I don't know how this I mean you still have to generate that energy in some way for it to go into these battery packs so I guess the yeah. idea is that like it's capturing solar or re- renewables and storing them uh, more efficiently than, than like a regular power plant would um, but the problem is that uh, in uh, Victoria uh, Australia one of these uh, Tesla mega packs caught on fire and it took, uh, took firefighters. I think it's like five days. It was like a hundred or something firefighters 
uh, working on this for five days to put the fire out huh. because uh, lithium as a uh, alkaline metal <laughs> uh, is highly reactive to things. And the, uh, the way that they had to put it out was by dumping 28 tons of cement onto the, uh, the power pack or mega pack, whatever you want to call it. Um, they had to do this because uh, uh, lithium is highly reactive to water and if they tried to spray down these batteries with water, they would fucking explode. Um, as somebody who works for a municipal district, I get people calling me all the time with great offers for uh, for installation of these kind of facilities. Um, more, more on a, a small scale level, but you know, every now and then somebody will get, uh, I don't know, the, the wrong information or not understand, like, what my limited role in government is. And they'll be like, <laughs> would you like to install a Tesla Mega Pack in your city? And I'm like, I don't have the sign-off ability on that at all. <laughs> um, <laughs> but but I, I, I constantly have to shoot these down. And, and what's unfortunate now is we, we have some leadership uh, in the area that, that I work in. Uh, who kind of buy into this like uh, technocratic um, Elon Musk is a genius sort of shit and you know like oh, well yeah. maybe we should look into you know uh, getting some of these kind of things for you know some of our facilities and stuff like that and I you know have to like gently explain to them that they're fucking retarded yeah. um, so you know one one of the major things that I that I would say is is like something that that just has massive alarm bells in my mind is first off these batteries are massive and they're full of lithium uh as as stated earlier lithium is highly highly reactive to water fucking poisonous and shit yeah it's also like extremely toxic the production of lithium batteries is like its own climate uh nightmare uh with emissions um and then on top of that, I've I've seen, you know, the effects of like a regular power grid uh, not being properly funded, uh, and and how much destruction that causes. So you know, is this advancement, quote unquote, uh, really going to be that much better if you know? You know, I, I think Victoria, Australia is lucky that this fire that lasted for several days and needed 28 tons of cement didn't like spread further or turn into an explosion that would set off, you know, all the rest of the batteries around it. Um, because it wasn't like the whole plant caught on fire. It took that much effort for just like a couple of cells in this power, uh, this mega plant or whatever the fuck they call it um <laughs> the the tesla mega pack uh at the at the victorian big battery <laughs> that's what they call it <laughs> the victorian big battery um so let's go ahead and uh click on the uh, the next link there uh so joe biden has committed uh-huh. to replacing the entire federal fleet with electric vehicles um do I think this is a bad thing? Yes. <laughs> uh, the reason I think it's a bad thing is because it, uh, it's going to uh, it's going to put the, the government in some compromising contracts, I think. Uh, and 
we'll go into yeah. that on on the next link but you know okay. uh, seeing seeing this kind of thing firsthand where the government gets involved in some kind of and and this is a thing that's actually happening in my municipality is we are getting some tesla charging stations right and the tesla charging stations will work on any electric vehicle however they are optimized for tesla vehicles and will only fast charge tesla vehicles so you are they're putting infrastructure yes they're putting they're putting in infrastructure that that is that is biased towards a certain company and a certain company wow. is going to reap the profits of this this infrastructure that we're placing um and so that's why this is a bad thing because you are going to get all of these uh kind of uh, uh what's the word i'm looking for proprietary systems uh yeah that that uh are are going to be in constant competition with each other when you're talking on the federal level um you know tesla's reach is only so far and so you're going to get like basically um like turf wars of like oh this is ford's electronic vehicle area uh this is tesla's electronic vehicle area this is chevy's electronic vehicle area this is this is complete also completely ridiculous like because we already have regulations on uh providing like different kinds of like charging stations like it's not like mobile homes there are rules like uh because you know some mobile homes are 20 amp yeah 20 uh uh input inverters some have 30 and some have uh 50 and like they get i think i think 50 is the biggest those are those super bus things you know Mm -hmm. uh and that you know the thing can like run for eight hours without turning the generator on it's ridiculous but they they just they're just standard fucking outlets yeah there's no reason that you have to that you have to have some special shit for your car and uh like uh like even harley davidson has an electric motorcycle and you can just plug it into uh it has an adapter that you can plug into a fucking normal fucking high voltage circuit yeah so we're we're not going to see that with electric vehicles unfortunately yeah. <laughs> well yeah no because because yeah because people are trying to get tesla to fucking take over yeah or to get a monopoly on it yeah and and so um you know, I was trying to think of like examples in the real world that that I could connect this idea to and kind of demonstrate that, you know, not not only is this like something that I'm hypo- hypothesizing and kind of seeing in my own area, but it's something that has like a, a historical basis. And so if we go to the next link, uh, of course, the military as the uh, the the nomad force it is has already uh, has already done this kind of thing. Um a couple of years ago, I think this is 2019. Uh, if we want to go, oh, no, this is back in 2014. There was another case in 2019 oh. where I think this happened. Uh, but this is uh, back in 2014. Um, the government had some some major contracts with some uh, uh, manufacturers of tanks, and the army. Uh, you know, this is you know real deep in the the war in Afghanistan, and the military was kind of uh they didn't want to use tanks in afghanistan and and the reasoning was kind of silly but it also kind of makes sense 
uh, when Russia invaded Afghanistan, they used a lot of tanks and they wanted to be perceived as a different kind of invading force in Russia. They wanted to, you know, in, in the pursuit of winning hearts and minds, which always works out for America, <laughs> um, they, they wanted to be seen as, as a different kind of fighting force, not here to conquer, but here to help. And so that's yeah. that's where actually like a lot of the MRAP program kind of evolved out of was we want the same protections as of, of tanks, but without the yeah. tank look, because that'll trigger the Afghan people. Um, yeah, up armored minivans. Yeah, and, and then and then we did this really cool thing where uh, Obama expanded the drone program. So uh, now uh, we we have a new horrific thing that we even uh, <laughs> uh, placed on on the people of Afghanistan and Pakistan, and uh, actually I mean, just every Middle Eastern country where uh, they they fear the skies now instead of fearing the tanks on the <laughs> on the ground. Um. Which, which, yeah, it's it's a little bit funny, but also like incredibly fucking oh. sad. I, I don't know. I'm yeah, not like saying yeah, they no, don't laugh they, at this, but yeah, no, like it, it's just kind of like uh, like uh, what what's more horrific, you know, like uh, uh, like uh, and I I can imagine there's some like establishment like fucking uh authoritarian oh there's there's a calculation in here somewhere i'm sure (laughs) that 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 predator drones are somehow like more humane than like a fucking tank you you already don't want to look up at the sky sometimes because the sun is up there and it might blind you you so you know the sky's already a little scary yeah it's uh you know it's a bit gentler you know you don't see it coming yeah yeah, maybe a bit of a whistle. You you just know not to ever have a wedding. <laughs> don't don't get in groups of ten or more people. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, anyways, uh, the the army, uh, you know, made the recommendation to Congress when they were you know putting together a budget. Uh, oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't want uh, we don't want tanks and Congress. Uh, because of its ties to the military industrial complex, all these manufacturers of tanks still put in 120 million for tanks that the army didn't want. And I don't know how many tanks that buys. I assume it buys a pretty fair amount of tanks. Um, we'll just, you know, give them the benefit of the doubt and say it bought a hundred tanks or something like that. But you know, that's, that's a hundred, you know, manufactured items yeah. that have absolutely no use immediately went into a tank graveyard. Um, and, and we're just kind of like parted out bit by bit. But as you know, you can't just part out everything. You're never going to get a 100% return on that piece of equipment. You're not going to like, every single piece of that piece of equipment is not going to be able to be parted out. You're going to have pieces remaining and that's, that's all overproduction for the sake of over overproduction for the sake of profit. Right. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and uh, like, um, like also doing this uh, uh, to the military, which like is like, uh, like, I know that we like write blank blank checks to the military and often, especially since this, this war started, but they still, they still, uh, what do you call it? Uh, they, they still have to uh, come up with a budget 
of what to do with these these tanks you know what i mean yeah. like you buy them 120 million dollars worth of tanks now the military has to figure out the budget of taking care of 120 million dollars of course worth of tanks. so it yeah. becomes more and more fucking expensive yeah but it's, it's okay to spend fucking trillions and trillions of dollars on a military for some reason <clears throat> yeah and and so you know this this is you know one of the hazards i think that we're going to see with uh, the Biden push to change everything over to elect- electric vehicles is um, not not only are electric vehicles not a solution to the problem because of the uh, emissions from manufacturing them, uh, the emissions for the power that it takes to charge these vehicles, uh, the proprietary systems that we're going to see implemented as like part of government projects. Uh, you know, you know, just the, just the fact that, you, you know, it, even in the case that these, uh, uh, mega battery pack facilities, you know, were something that are desirable. Um, the fact that it is a Tesla, uh, mega pack facility, not like a generic, you can use any kind of piece of, you know, uh, replacement parts or whatever kind of facility. But the fact that it is notably Tesla and it is proprietary equipment, um, you know, speaking from the municipal side of things, uh, a lot of our current infrastructure is like I could buy a pipe from any fucking company and throw the pipe into the plumbing system that we have. Uh, yeah these Tesla systems are specifically designed to require Tesla replacement parts. And we've seen this kind of encroachment in my municipality with uh, HVAC systems, especially because those are, you know, like building automation systems are easier to make proprietary because you're, uh, you know, you're buying, let's say a bunch of carrier uh, uh, cooling units. Um, And then, you know, you install them and then carrier says, oh, hey, the only way that you can run the system is through our program that we developed to run all these units. Uh, so, you know, there's there's no way for us to escape this carrier contract without yeah. an, incurring like an exor- exorbitant cost to change all of this uh, communication infrastructure to a completely different system. And then... Oh, yeah. It's it's just a different system that's also proprietary, and so if we ever need to change that, we also have to switch to, uh, you know, whatever the the next company is and their proprietary system. So, it's it's kind of like a infinite loop of like money recursion, I guess. Um, yeah. And and this is exactly what's going to happen with the Biden drive for you know more electric vehicles. Um, making the entire fleet of of federal vehicles electric um really what needs to happen is uh we just need to rely on vehicles less um yeah well yeah because i mean like not everybody need should have to like need a vehicle like uh like uh i shouldn't need like a like a a personal vehicle uh at least not one that's uh well, I probably shouldn't need a vehicle. I should be able to do public transportation for getting around for my life. Yeah. But yeah, I do need a vehicle for work. But 
that's because I have to haul equipment and stuff like that. Sure. You know? like yeah. There's, there's, there's going to be, to there's going to be uh-huh. some circumstances where you have to yeah. have a vehicle because you're doing physical work. Uh, yeah. We need, just need to reduce the amount of vehicles that we fucking. Absolutely. We, we have out there. Making, making more vehicles that put out less carbon emissions isn't really the solution when you consider that making these vehicles puts out massive amounts of carbon emissions. Um, yeah. So that's, that's kind of, uh, the, the general, uh, climate change, not great. Capitalism can't fix it. Um, and, and, you know, when, when I say capitalism can't fix it, I also mean to say that any party that identifies itself as capitalist is not an effective party for the situation that we have, which is becoming more and more dire. Um, So, you know, the Republican party obviously is just like full of demons who want to see the world burn. (laughs) The democratic party, at least, uh, you know, pays the lip service to the cause, but because they are a capitalist party, they, they can't do the change that is necessary because they're always going to find some kind of profit motive driven way of trying to make climate change better or trying to reduce our, our emissions. And, and it really what needs to happen is we just need to reduce what we do. Um, and, and, you know, obviously when I, when I say reduce what we do, I don't mean like the general public. I mean like a handful of rich people that like contribute most carbon emissions, uh, not letting billionaires fly to space on little joy rides. Um, you know, because not, not only do you have the emissions of their flight to space, but you also have the emissions of everything that it took to manufacture that vehicle that goes to space, uh, all the R and D that goes into it and all the, you know, emissions from that. Um, there's a hundred companies that produce 70% of emissions. Um, and so, you know, they, they should obviously be the target of uh, reducing uh, what we do. And, you know, obviously, you know, coming up with better ways to reduce energy is, is a good idea. But really what it comes down to is, um, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's some points of extravagance. And, you know, I, I talk to people a lot in my, my DMs on Instagram about how, you know, I, I really hate like the the idea of the champagne socialist because it it implies that like everybody can be rich and live lavishly and really what we need to do is live kind of more simple uh, less lavish lives. Uh, we we need to, you know, the companies that that produce the most emissions, of course, need to be like drawn and quartered or whatever. But we also like as a general populace need to. And, and it's hard to think of this when, when you're like, you're poor, right? Because you're not yeah. the problem if you're poor. Just go ahead and throw that out there. The, the, yeah, you can't really affect the, the world. Yeah. The, the uh, I forget where I saw it and, and I probably should have grabbed this link, but maybe we can look at it some other time. But, uh, the, the upper, like, I think it's the upper, like 25% of, uh, of wealth, um, actually like creates more emissions than the uh the lower 75 percent it's something like that so yeah so like the the vast majority of of people 
aren't producing nearly as much emissions as like the top quarter. And especially when, once you get up to like that top 0.1% or yeah, 0.1%, like those people are creating way more emissions than everybody else. Um, yeah. And I, I mean, I, I guess that that is true because, uh, uh, like, um, especially these like new houses that are going up, uh, uh, that are uh, being built, uh, I don't do residential construction, but I do a bit of uh, residential service. Uh, and just because the type of company that I am, like it's mostly commercial. But yeah. uh, what I do, but either way, the houses that I usually go to are rich people's houses, mm-hmm. and the and oftentimes uh, these houses were built within a few years. Uh, this is the first owner, and they want to do a massive like renovation. Yeah, and they either already have a electrical service that can pull uh one and a uh, one and a half times uh or even three times uh as much as like a normal standard house yep the vast majority of us normal people the the buildings that we that we live in yeah uh that that one rich or not rich but even just well-to-do affluent or whatever the classifications of the bourgeois the 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 upper classes are are masters but uh yeah they're taking so yeah they potentially are using three times as much energy just like in their living quarters let alone whatever else absolutely and and so you know i want to make it clear that when i say we need to reduce you know our, our extravagance, our lavishness. I'm not talking about we as in like you or I <clears throat> who, who live in tiny apartments and really don't use that much energy. I mean, we as in like uh, the general like idea of like how much we use as a public, um, but not focused on like, like if you're poor, you're not the problem. Mm. Plain and simple. You're yeah. not the problem. Um it's it's the affluent people who spend so much more and consume so much more and they really just need to be able to accept that like maybe live in like more modest conditions yeah um, and and so that's what i mean when like i say i hate the idea of the, the champagne socialist that thinks like we just need to distribute the wealth evenly and we'll all be fine and happy and live luxurious li- like luxury is an unsustainable concept luxury not only demands a slave class of labor but also luxury is necessarily just uh uh ex- exceeding what you should actually consume um and and so you know living any kind of luxurious life is uh completely at odds with with any kind of of climate change reform yeah so that's uh that's my rant on that um we uh we ended on the military and i kind of wanted to tie this in in a neat way uh not neat as in like oh cool but neat as in like it uh flows um uh so the Taliban, if you want to click on that next link, um, the Taliban, yeah. ever since we uh, decided to abruptly leave Afghanistan, which I will I will go on record as saying I think we should have left Afghanistan a long time ago. Yeah, for sure. Um, we, we probably oh. actually did more recruiting for the Taliban over like the last 20 years than uh, the Taliban has ever done in its uh, lifetime. Yeah. Um, and and now that we've 
evacuated the area. We've created a power vacuum and the Taliban is able to rear its head and, uh, you know, take over uh, two thirds of Afghanistan now is the report that I've uh, that I've seen. Um, typical to uh, the U.S. and its engagements overseas. Uh, it, it is worth noting that we never, uh, we were never asked by Afghanistan to invade Afghanistan, uh, to begin yeah. with. Depose government and create a new one. Yeah. So, so we went over there. We, uh, we tried to make a government that, uh, it turns out maybe a lot of people in Afghanistan don't want, um, and and that's that's perfectly valid you know if if you have to force uh, <laughs> a government onto onto a place and and you know like we should respect a country's right to self determination right um and and that's that's actually one of the more technically democratic things we could do uh, little d de- democratic uh, d- democracy um yeah. one of the more democratic things we could do is allow these comp countries to uh you know self-actuate make their own forms of government maybe it's not a form of government that we really like but you know uh, the idea that america again not a democracy uh could spread democracy in a different country is is asinine um because it's not even the the political model that we follow um so yeah we uh, we entered afghanistan uh we fucked it up for a long time uh we're leaving without having you know i I, one one of the things that i've seen from from some sort of like leftist commentators is that like we didn't do the the government building that we should have and and the problem i have with that is like we should have never tried to do government building in the first place (laughs) um we should have never gone into afghanistan the way we did uh it's been proven that multiple times we knew where osama bin laden was and we could have taken him out if we really needed to but we decided not to and there's an argument to be made there that 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 is intentional to prolonging this war um so you know as as is typical with with how the u.s engages with these countries when when it invades them uh, we created networks of, you know, interpreters, networks of informants, networks of people working for the U.S., uh, whether it's, you know, serving food in the uh, the chow halls uh, of military bases or, or whatever you, you have. And uh, what's happening now is not only are are you know us personnel and and like an embassy uh ambassador capacity uh like at risk now um but we also have uh the families of all these interpreters you know some some of uh some of these interpreters are being granted like emergency uh status to uh to immigrate to the us uh, but you know, some of their families are being left behind and, you know, the concern is that these families are going to be punished for, you know, what, the the, uh, us aligned, uh, Afghan people, uh, did. Um, so that's the, uh, the next slide actually, I think, or next, uh, link. So the U S pulled out abruptly. I posited a long time ago that, 
uh, this would obviously weaken security in the region. And the excuse would be that, oh, hey, you know, we're being attacked. So now we need to send troops back. Whoa. Turns out like more or less kind of right. You know, the the uh, uh, proposition here is that this is just going to be a quick in and out sort of force, uh, secure some areas, get people out safely and then and then leave. Um, that's the plan. And I would say that the, the actual plan, that's the stated plan of the government. Uh, I would say that the actual plan is that, uh, there's going to be some hairy engagements with this, uh, this new force, and they're going to use that to justify a continued peacekeeping or security force, um, in the area. And, you know, basically just extend the occupation, but, with uh with like the uh the political op- optics of having withdrawn right uh, yeah, so so and, having uh, your cake and eating it too like uh not not to be a conspiracy theorist or anything but all the uh the uh i don't know coddling uh or whatever you want to call it of like people being like oh wow like the taliban it's just like they're moving back into their old offices like nothing ever happened and like the u.s government has been like oh don't worry the the afghan government has an air force and they have you <laughs> yeah. know tanks and right. they have all this other stuff and it's like well who do you think is going to have all that shit you know like they've taken over two-thirds of the country so right then, and, no and, and, and that's that's actually something that we're what, go ahead what, what what's in the country you know so yeah gonna, I, I bet you they're going to use like when the taliban of in eventually take over the whole country and now the taliban has an air force all they have to do is recruit people who can fly them fucking they're going to they're going to use that to to justify uh the the taliban has actually already been spotted driving around uh humvees that were you know captured oh yeah um other armored vehicles that were captured uh (laughs) strangely enough walking around with like uh uh u.s military small arms like m4s and m16s so yeah we we absolutely not not only didn't do anything positive over there but we left them an infrastructure with which they could capture uh afghanistan uh which coincidentally is not the first time we've done this i mean that's basically what we did when yeah (laughs) when we uh inserted ourselves in there ambassador to the u.s at one point didn't they like uh, back in, back yeah in i mean i yeah, i'm not super sure on that particular point but you know you, be so they f- had ambassadors to countries i believe like they they you know, yeah they're not they're not just they they're not just a terrorist organization no and, and uh <laughs> to reduce them to that is is silly silly of course um i mean this this is the the ruling party of afghanistan before we entered essentially yeah um and like i said we we did a shit ton of recruiting for them by invading their country um you know people are like why is the afghan national army crumbling to this uh this attacking force and it's like well I, i don't know if you ever got this talk but i did when i was on post I was told to never trust the Afghan National Army because the Afghan National Army has a bunch of sympathies towards the Taliban. 
Yeah. Uh, because because well, they both like the Afghan National Army is people that are just like faking the funk a lot of times. Um, and, <laughs> and, you know, they both groups, regular Afghan people and the Taliban both see us as an invading force because we are an invading force. We, we are the outsiders going into their country and destroying it. So, of course, they have sympathies with each other. And, of course, they're not, like, as opposed as we ever wanted to believe where, like, this government that we propped up and we put into place, uh, you know, you know, is, is going to be resistant to other Afghans who have a, a right to this country in some way uh, who used to, you know, rule this country uh, before we came in and installed a government. Um a government yeah. that they don't largely agree with, uh, you know, well, and uh, and doesn't really like affect half the country's like lives in much of a way, other than coming around and like demanding shit of them once in a while. Yeah, you know, and and that's the thing is, there's all this there's all this worry about like, oh my god, they're they're gonna kill a bunch of Afghan citizens. Guess what America has done for the last 20 oh, right. fucking years? <laughs> nine, nine out of 10 targets hit by Obama's drone strike campaign were unintended targets. We killed more civilians than we killed people who were actual militants. And that's by the government's own definitions, which are generous towards the government's actions. Yeah. So I would, I would say probably 9.5 out of 10 targets were actually unintended targets. Oh yeah. They, they definitely rounded down. <laughs> of course. Uh, and, and I mean, you know, you gotta take into the consideration that, uh, for a long time, the military's stance on it was any male over the age of 16 was considered a militant. Yeah. It doesn't matter if they're armed or actually fighting anyone. They're considered a militant, um or an insurgent uh whatever the term was that they use for the reporting uh let's go to the next link well that sucks so we'll we'll go to the we'll go to the link after that um this is uh this is footage from the u.s retreat from saigon uh because I, i feel like it's a it's got a lot of relevance to what's happening right now. Um, you know, I talked about the interpreter families that are being left behind, the interpreters that are being left behind. Uh, you know, if you weren't uh, in enough with the the American coalition, you're you're not guaranteed a, a place back in America. Um, and this this parallels almost to a T exactly everything that happened in Vietnam. Uh, so this is from 1975. Obviously, right now we're in 2021, but the the parallels are so distinct that that I think it's interesting to get this uh, this view of the past and how we really haven't learned anything and how we we operate. <laughs> Children along with them. 
say like just on pure aesthetics hovering over and then jumping out way cooler yeah yeah that's action action scene kind of shit yeah yeah no definitely that's how you get a movie made out of it made up yeah about. um yeah. the the like already submerging and then kind of like just yeah. uh waiting out yeah. weak you kind of impotently let your vehicle stall out yeah yeah being Gross. being cucked by the water <laughs> <laughs> instead of penetrating it um yeah i don't think we really need to watch much more of that uh but but uh the uh yeah like i said the the parallels are striking uh you know the the military is sending 3000 people uh, to Afghanistan to aid in this evacuation process. The, uh, the U S government is saying it's not an evacuation. It's a, uh, a security mission uh, to help some people leave. So like, like the, <laughs> the rhetorical so, line okay. that they're walking is like, so 
obtuse. It's uh, it's pretty funny. Well, see, this this is why uh, this is why uh, uh, they did the whole you know we'll be out by September 11th, but then you're they're like we're getting done early. You know they're yeah. like uh, they're like uh, tenants that moved out before their lease was up and then moved back in suddenly. <laughs> uh, things at the new place didn't work out. Yeah. All right. If you want to go ahead and go to the next link. Next link. Next link. Uh, so yeah, this is a. Uh, I don't think we need to go into this. Uh, I already kind of said it already. Like I said, some of these links are just to remind me what to talk about. But basically, yeah. uh, this this former army captain is uh, talking about how these interpreters are going to be hunted down and killed, and, and they probably will be. Yeah. Um, and I, I, I listened to this guy actually. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, um, if, if we're going to go through the action of invading a country and, uh, turning some people to our side and making them work for us or whatever, uh, which, which often isn't done, uh, you know, a lot of these interpreters don't really have a choice. So like, well, do I, live in squalor and die or do i help the the invading force talk to other people in my country um they don't really have like a great option there uh and so if we're going to go into another country and do what we've done uh we should at least uh i don't know maybe honor the uh the help that was given to us by some people um maybe yeah, maybe, maybe not just let them die yeah um, so that's, that's what that link was about. Um, and then, you know, the final point that I want to make is, you know, Biden is pulling out of Afghanistan. Uh, if you want to go to the next link. Oh, yes. Um, Biden's pulling out of Afghanistan. He's made some, uh, interesting statements about how he never thought the, uh, the war in Afghanistan was a good idea or anything like that. Uh, it turns out that, uh, if you go through the fact check, um, Biden actually voted for the uh, the war in Afghanistan. Uh, the uh, congressional authorization to enter into Afghanistan with uh, with uh, troops uh, was something that he voted in favor of. So, you know, he's he's pulling us out of Afghanistan. He's doing it in this really haphazard way, and really, it's something that you know, yeah, if he voted against it, he would still. It, it would still go through right but he did vote for it and and it's telling that you know he's part of this this group of uh war hawks uh that you know got us into afghanistan in the first place and now he's uh pulling out of it in a really haphazard way um you know if, if it was me i would take the responsibility of saying man i really made a bad call there let me try to do this in the best way possible but that's not uh that's not the joe biden way um uh if like, we... and the, this is such bullshit because like the i i hate mainstream news, yeah sorry. no 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 it's it's terrible yeah i just skimmed over this and it's like misleading he fucking lied. <laughs> right? no, that's uh, that's one of my favorite things is how how liberals will always like pull out like a a Snopes or a Politifact article, and it's like, 
no, so so and so didn't say that uh, immigrant children should die. He said that they shouldn't live. <laughs> like, he might have been speaking imprecisely. Yeah, he, he was he was speaking imprecisely. But what we think he meant, it's like no, do the do the actual fact check, please. Yeah. Um, the fact check stuff is is fucking hilarious to me. Well, yeah, right. like us when Snoke started uh, uh, saying what he what they could have meant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, what did they say? Exactly. Let them fucking come out and fucking, I don't know, rationalize. Like, I don't know. Why do we rationalize for other people? After the, uh, after the podcast, uh, I'll talk to you for a second. Uh, we, we actually have an old friend of ours that uh, started working for Snopes. And I think you'll, you'll, you'll find it funny who it is. Oh, I, 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 I know. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, kind of, kind of typical person to work for Snopes, I think. Um, <laughs> So let's uh we've we've been going into some dark things. Let's lighten it up a little bit with uh our next link. Yeah. Lighten it up. Let's see. Um not that uh not that video, but the one below it is the one we want to look for. Um this one right here. Yeah, make sure we go to the beginning. Um but uh this is this is Andrew Cuomo admitting to a lot of things. Um Oh, he's admitting. Last not not not, uh, not to what he did. Uh, he's oh. he's admitting to certain identities that are that are very interesting. Um, and you know, I, I would like to point out that the uh, the Benzo Rehab Dungeon did an episode on cancel culture, and we specifically called out uh, Governor Andrew Cuomo as a uh, grifter piece of shit, um, which which I'm sure made uh, certain liberals angry or whatever. If uh, liberals even watched the show. But it yeah. would. I can I yeah. can imagine that it would have. If you guys knew about us. Um yeah. If you guys knew if if anybody more than three people knew about us, y'all would be fucking mad. <laughs> uh but yeah, no, we uh we called out uh, Andrew Cuomo as a grifter, uh, using the idea of cancel culture as a uh as a prop to uh further, you know deny what's obviously true about him um but you know he's he's going to admit to some certain identities here and i think it's just important that we hear him on this okay as a new yorker i am a muslim as a new yorker i am jewish as a new yorker i am black i am gay i am disabled (laughs) i am a woman seeking to control her health and her choices, because as a New Yorker, we are one community. As a New Yorker, I am a Muslim. Isn't that I, great? Wow. Wow. It reminded me of that song. Uh, I think it's Shania Twain, maybe. I'm a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a bitch. I'm a mother. I'm a child. I'm a lover. I'm a sinner. I'm a saint. I'm Cuomo and I'm gay. Uh, <laughs> that was all. That was all improv. I'm actually proud of myself for that one. Uh, <laughs> so that's uh, that's that's some fun news. Um, the audacity. Yeah, the audacity to call himself gay when he's clearly bisexual. Yeah, yeah clearly. Yeah, clearly a bisexual. Those, those nipple piercings don't lie. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, that, that's a little, uh, uh, I don't know, power refresher before we go into, uh, uh, the, the recall of, uh, governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, which is our next link. 
Okay. Yeah. I, I don't think this will make me feel like I'm having like some kind of like waking nightmare. Eh, good. Yeah. Good. Maybe. Um, <clears throat> so maybe, maybe his neck, whatever's, I guess Botox can't fix that. Or maybe you, that's what happens when you try to fix it. With I, yeah, I think so. Have you ever heard yeah. Gavin Newsom's voice? It sounds uh, no. it sounds like they actually or accidentally stuck him in the neck with a needle at some point. Oh, really? Because he's like, yeah. hey, I'm fucking Gavin Newsom. I've got a real raspy voice. Uh, <laughs> uh, so Gavin Newsom, uh, governor of California, my, my home state currently, uh, is maybe going to be recalled. Um, I've seen discussion on both sides of this, this whole debacle, the people recalling him don't have good motives. They're the, uh, the shutdowns hurt my business sort of people or mask mandates are ruining my freedoms, blah, 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 etc. Uh, people. So not great. Uh, the conditions that he's being recalled under, um, but also Gavin Newsom is kind of a dumb asshole. So the problem that arises here, I've been asked by a couple of people, you know, what my opinion on this whole situation is. Um, Gavin Newsom is no friend to uh, any kind of socialist movement, any kind of like actual progress, any kind of, uh, I don't know not capitalist thing he's he's a capitalist through and through uh he he's a businessman he's he's got familial ties to the government and and just kind of you know as as part of a, a lineage of people uh who've been elected in the government also got elected in the government um he started out with a pretty good response to covid uh, but he had that good response to COVID, I think, because he thought it would be a very short-term thing. And when it came to the longer-term uh, ways of dealing with COVID, he faltered because he gave in to all the big business pressure uh, to reopen things way prematurely. Um, this article we're we're looking at right now is uh, one of his major gaffes during the the pandemic, which is where he was telling everybody that you can't have gatherings larger than like four people, I think, uh, for the holidays. And uh, then he goes and he has a uh, dinner with a bunch of rich executives um, in in the uh, the 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 big pharma field, essentially. Um, and and you know this is this is before the uh, the vaccine is you know out and exists so he's not like oh i'm vaccinated i can have this this dinner or anything like that he's he's just having a dinner with a bunch of rich people as a rich person himself while he's telling everybody else in california that they can't have big dinners yeah um, i mean aristocrats still had parties during the black plague of right? course yeah because no. uh you know the, the, the people poor people but yeah black, pe- or, or no, black people <laughs> i mixed up i mixed up the plague talking. the black plague and rich people uh rich people <laughs> don't get the plague sorry <laughs> confirmed racist yeah confirmed racist god damn yeah. it i did it yeah i just you had a thing good. on my i just had a thing on my instagram story where uh 
I forget what news outlet it was, but they were saying that uh, alcohol makes people more racist. And I posited that it's uh, it's actually just when you have your inhibitions lowered, uh, what ugly things you hide inside yourself come out. Yeah. And I was like, I go on a podcast every week and I don't say racist shit. And here I am. Yep. Here I am. Yep. <sighs> Sorry. Sorry, Floridian guys. slipping yeah. a bunch of racist cops into your mouth. <laughs> uh, so, you know, that was one of his major gaffes in, in the, the COVID response. Uh, another major gaffe was reopening things way too early. Uh, when he reopened things way too early, uh, places like L.A. especially had massive, massive spikes. L.A. actually act- became like the leading epicenter of uh the covid you know uh uh spread uh for for a couple of months and and the death toll was obscene uh for yeah. a while not not quite to the level of new york because cuomo yeah we laughed at him for calling himself gay or whatever uh but uh uh cuomo's policy uh was horrific um and it's really really sad that the reason that and and not diminishing you know the the allegations against him uh the sexual misconduct allegations but it's really sad that it's those allegations that are that are dethroning him and not the fact that he like directly led to the deaths of thousands of elderly people um so yeah gavin newsom reopens uh everything way too early uh, that leads to a bunch of uh, COVID cases that lead to deaths. Uh, another another reason to dislike uh, Newsom is on the next uh, link. Um, in 2020, he uh, he signed a h- huge amount of uh, fracking permits. Um, oh yeah. As somebody who's who's always saying things like we have to act on climate change uh gavin newsom is like yeah go ahead and frack the fuck out of this uh, state though um so you know there's there's plenty of reason to dislike gavin newsom uh if you're far right you dislike him because he like showed any basic compassion for people at the beginning of the pandemic uh if you're you know someone who doesn't want the planet to burn up um and and maybe i guess leftist at that point uh you dislike Gavin Newsom because he's a piece of shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, in, in the situation that Gavin Newsom gets recalled and, and we get someone like Larry Elder, uh, seems to be the forerunner, uh, for the Republican side to take over as governor. And if you don't know who Larry Elder is first, congratulations. Um, <laughs> go ahead and shut the podcast off now. So you don't have to learn who he is. <laughs> um, but I, uh, uh, I got I gotta go. So I actually don't know who Larry Elder is. Oh, you don't know who Larry Elder is? Oh, yeah, no. Oh, no. okay. Yeah. Sorry, I haven't been following California politics that much. No, that's so. okay. Uh, Larry Elder is a uh, uh, conservative talk show host. Um, uh, yes. Who is black and oh, a white supremacist? <laughs> 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 Because he is a white supremacist. I knew it was going to go there. Yeah. Um, so so not only is he a white supremacist, but he's also a, a race traitor. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> a real, real uh, Uncle Tom sort of figure. Uh, he, yeah, he he constantly talks about how race isn't a problem in America, which of course it is. Um, yeah. He you know, has gone on record saying several times that he thinks the minimum wage is bullshit. Uh, he's promising right now in his run that he's not going to try to get rid of the minimum wage in California, but he's fucking lying probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. So Larry Elder is a, uh, a nightmare and, you know, as little as I believe in harm reduction, I think Gavin Newsom is, less of a nightmare. Um, and, and I think, you know, in, in the case of Larry Elder, you're going to have the sort of Trump effect where everybody is going to be hyperventilating about everything Larry Elder is doing. But in actuality, Larry Elder is just going to like do the same things Gavin Newsom was doing, but he's just going to have like shitty rhetoric about it. Yeah. Uh, because I it's mean, not like Gavin Newsom's been a champion for the, the working class necessarily. It's not like he's good on climate change or anything. Like yeah. It's not like he's good on climate change. It's not like he's good on, you know, individuals rights or anything like that. He's, he's never been great on that. Like the most substantive thing he did during the, the protests of last year was say, Hey, yeah, we understand why you're mad, but you, you shouldn't do bad things when you're mad. And then like he signed some, bill that said uh police should only shoot people to death when it's necessary instead of when it uh, <laughs> uh is reasonable um but like literally just the change between you can only shoot people to death when it's necessary versus when it's reasonable um and then and then some like very light-hearted sort of like yeah we're gonna hold the police accountable sort of stuff um but uh, out, of, out of all the brutal responses to uh, the Black Lives Matter protests of last year, California easily uh, matched like any southern state, any uh, especially like New York. Uh, when I'm, I'm not saying that's a southern state, obviously, but, you know, New York had a particularly brutal response to these protests. Yeah. And so did California. The, the LAPD. Look into that sometime. Maybe we'll just do a deep dive yeah. on that sometime. The LAPD is yeah. a fucking nightmare. The LAPD has actual Aryan gangs, actual like MS-13 adjacent gangs inside of it, um, which is yeah. hilarious because of how like everybody worries about MS-13. Well, like worst gangs are in the LAPD. Uh, and yeah. I was saying like they're, they're MS-13 like allied that they're just like as bad as ms-13 uh what were you saying sorry oh yeah no and no, well that oh uh, uh uh a shit ton of fucking legal authority over fucking people yeah and no. and uh actually look look this up real quick um look up lapd bombs neighborhood uh, yeah yeah uh so that second link down i spilled my whiskey oh i'm sorry uh so the lapd uh does a raid on some house that has a bunch of uh Fireworks stored inside it. Um, 
And then uh, what they do is they overload a uh, bomb squad truck with, and, and, you know, you got to think like, who's doing the calculation on this fucking thing. Um, Some fucking idiot. Some fucking idiot. Right. Uh, The, the police department like actively recruits uh, like average to below average people, because it turns out when you're like smarter, you don't want to like abuse black people as much. Yeah, um, you might actually like learn what you're allowed to do to people. Right. Just, yeah. You, you won't just be a fucking asshole with a badge want. and a gun. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So, so what the, the LAPD does is they take all these fireworks that they've confiscated and they pack them all tightly inside of an, an enclosed trailer and then they <laughs> detonate them in place in the neighborhood instead of like, I don't know, driving an hour and a half out to the fucking desert or something. What the fuck? But, so, they uh, get, so they're the ones that shouldn't have fucking fireworks. Exactly. Like everybody else was like apparently fine. There were no explosions in that neighborhood until yeah. the LAPD came in. <laughs> <laughs> no dangerous explosions. Yeah. But uh, if you scroll up, I think I think there's probably a video of it. Um, oh, here we go. This. Uh, yeah. So maybe try try to find a spot where that guy isn't talking because he looks like he sucks. Department's total team and vessel TCB is a truck mounted sphere designed to help protect people, property. You know what? Look up the same thing, but on YouTube instead. Oh yeah. Because I saw some some ground level footage that like was catastrophic. Um, I think they ended up wounding like seventeen people or something like that. Whoa. Yeah. Well, then actually, Uh, that that second one down, I think, is is probably a good one so like uh like uh so there's like a big myth about like the lapd being like particularly like well-trained like they're no, fucking they're, they're, idiots they're, they, they have a higher accuracy rate than like you know marines and shit like the military blah blah, blah. no they miss people they or they miss and hit people all the fucking time yeah like they're not fucking crack shots they fucking make situations way fucking worse. Like, sure, there was one guy shooting up a neighborhood. Now there's fucking 18. Or yeah. maybe there wasn't even a guy shooting up a neighborhood. Somebody thought somebody right. Some, somebody uh, somebody of a darker complexion carrying a cell phone at night. Um, I don't know how you got on the Hornets, uh, but but yeah. I think we need to go back. Oh, oh. Uh, yeah, you're you know what? Go go to the L.A. Times uh, video. I think is L.A. Times. Oh yeah. wow! That's that's the fucking truck that they detonated the thing in. But uh, this this video should uh, should work. That and it's a diesel truck, so yeah. it could probably caused a fucking diesel fire too. <laughs> Look at that. You got cars all around there fucking just turned over. (laughs) They fucking set off an IED. No, they didn't set off an IED. They set off a fucking bomb. (laughs) Like, you remember when they did controlled explosions in Afghanistan? That shit was like a mile away. Oh, yeah. yeah, No, I I actually had the benefit of uh, the, the post that I was on overlooked the area where they would detonate those bombs. And they would specifically radio into me to warn me in advance that they, they were going to set off something because the shockwave would like actually knock me down if I was standing. Oh, wow. 
And it would be like a mile out and it would like fucking knock me down. And there would be like a, an actual mushroom cloud from, from those explosions. <laughs> but uh, continue the video. I think, I think it might show like the actual like detonation. Oh, I was off by one person. Uh, injured 16 people, not 17 people. Oh, and killed one. Yeah, Did it kill one? All right, I thought you. I thought that's what you said. No, no, no. It just it just injured uh, sixteen people, including oh, okay. police officers. So these fucking yeah. dumbasses blew them own, own them own selves up. Yeah, at least uh, which in like I don't see them carting away any cops. So I guess they pulled them out first. Yeah, probably. Yeah, because it's like they've got this like old lady, which I bet she didn't even have any fucking fireworks. No, no, she was yeah. probably just like chilling in her oh. fucking. Uh, uh, living room or whatever and and all of a sudden a massive fucking bomb goes off uh, like just outside of her house on on the street and now she's uh now she's fucked up yeah pieces of shit okay a bomb squad was in the process of seizing more than 500,000 or not 500,000 5,000 pounds of illegal fireworks yeah um, so it was probably like a couple of houses or something like that. And, uh, they, yeah, they, 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 lo- they must've gotten like the whole like development or something. Yeah. They, they probably just went through and raided everybody and then they yeah. packed them all into this fucking truck. And yeah, look at that, man. It's just. <laughs> it is unknown at this time what caused an explosion. Uh, they caused the explosion. Uh, <laughs> they they actually detonated in place. Um, I saw ground level footage when this first happened. Um, that's probably been lost to like all the algorithms or whatever. But I saw ground level footage where they were like issuing a, a brief warning, like there is going to be a detonation, and then it's like. And like everything fucking blows up because they grossly miscalculated uh, uh, what they were putting inside this trailer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think this is going to show the explosion. That's fine. Um, so we can uh, we can continue with Gavin Newsom. Uh, this started with me criticizing Gavin Newsom for not actually doing anything substantive about the police, uh, especially you know like the LAPD, um, the fracking thing, and then the uh, the very last link and and the reason that if Gavin Newsom uh, ends up getting replaced by Larry Elder, it's going to be Gavin Newsom's fault. Uh because he won't step down. Beyond yes, beyond being just an asshole and somebody that the left should not be happy about, um, Gavin Newsom's uh, uh, strategy in this recall. So, the ballot that's going to be coming out is going to ask a couple of questions. The first question is, should Gavin Newsom be recalled? There's a yes or no vote on that. If you vote yes. Obviously, your vote goes towards uh, Gavin Newsom being recalled. If you vote no, you don't want him to be recalled. The second question is, if he is recalled, who should he be, who should he be replaced by? So it doesn't matter if you vote yes or no on the first question. 
The second question is if. So your vote in the second question matters no matter how you feel about whether or not Gavin Newsom, Gavin Newsom should be recalled. Uh, Gavin Newsom himself is saying don't even answer the second question. This is beyond any kind of strategic progressive motivation or anything like that. It, it is hubris. It is, it is narcissism, whatever you want to fucking call it. If everybody who, you know, wants Gavin Newsom to, to remain uh governor vote or doesn't vote on that second item, what they're doing is if the Republican, you know, conservative vote wins and he gets recalled, they're going to be the decision makers and who replaces them because the liberal voting base is not going to answer that second question. They're going to reduce the, the amount of votes on that second question, which is if he is recalled, who do you want to replace him? So if we get Larry Elder as our next fucking governor, it is 100% Gavin Newsom's fault for not only just being an asshole, but also having this, bizarre deranged fucking uh, uh voter strategy that he's rolled out that is that is self-defeating uh unless you accept that gavin newsom should be the governor it i think it it is worse than like hillary clinton's campaign yeah for sure yeah yeah it's, it definitely is because because it it, it demands that you either uh, show some like fealty to him, I guess, <laughs> yeah. or or you get Larry Elder as as the replacement. Um, and this uh this this article is about uh, don't want a Republican to replace Newsom in the recall. This YouTube YouTuber may be your only choice. <laughs> and uh, this guy is like some kind of like financial advisor YouTuber. Um, so oh, gross. yeah. Just, just pass on, and and you know this this goes into a deeper point that eventually I should probably talk about, uh, but I'll go into a little bit here. Is you know if if the Democratic Party really wants us to fucking vote for them, they need to uh, give us candidates worth voting for. Um, the Democratic Party officially has offered no replacement to Gavin Newsom should he be recalled. Uh, Gavin Newsom is just the only option uh, if you want to vote along the uh, the Democratic ticket. And as you know, established earlier, there's plenty of reasons to not want Gavin Newsom uh, as the governor of uh, California, whether you know you're on the right or left of politics. Um, this is where they're going to going to uh, uh, seduce the. Uh, uh, our court, the, uh, the elusive, uh, right leaning independent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. One, one day we'll, we'll get the, uh, we'll get the right wing vote into the democratic party <laughs> after we've compromised all of our ideals <laughs> and become completely indistinguishable from the right. We will we'll finally get, get that right wing vote. Tattoos. Yeah. Uh, so, I suppose that's where we'll end it tonight. We actually went much longer than I thought we would, considering uh, I was just like babbling about shit. Yeah, no, I mean, you know, uh, I figured that the show would be without personality uh, after uh, Danko died. Yes, he is actually dead. 
Yeah. Unconfirmed as of yet, but actually did. Yeah. Yeah. Con- unconfirmed, confirmed it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Um, plugs I have. I don't really have any plugs. Uh, tomorrow, early in the morning, um, foreign object. Uh, that's that's foreign spelled regularly underscore object with a K uh, is going to be doing a seminar on on memes um, with uh, with Danko as one of the panelists. Um, I'll be attending. Uh, nobody's probably going to listen to this before that even happens because it'll be like another hour before I put that out. Anyways, um, so that's going on. Uh, the workshop that we do is on a hiatus for, for the next month. Um, as far as, uh, the Benzo rehab dungeon is concerned. Uh, if you would like to support this, uh, go to patreoncom slash Benzo rehab dungeon, uh, throw us a couple of bucks to, uh, to help out with the production of this. Um, again, we will never, or at least as, uh, far as the Benzo Rehab Dungeon is concerned, we will never uh, uh, paywall anything or anything like that. So, uh, completely donation basis. Um, do you have anything to plug? Would you uh, like to make an Instagram post anytime soon? Or uh, yeah, you know what? I uh, again, I'll, uh, I'll 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 promise to think about it. All right. Well, it's all I can. Bold promises from uh, from John, the producer. Um, as always, thank you for listening. We love you. Please take your medicine. Oh, uh, take Danko's and make sure to save some for your friends. Yes. Beautiful.